Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever it is to you. Welcome to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, show number 25. This is the program that's all about craft beer, craft spirits, and fine hand-rolled cigars. I love all of those things. They're all things to love. And uh, my name is Cruz, my partner Ian Barry. Welcome to the show, and welcome back from the holidays. How was your Happy holiday? Happy New Year. I had a wonderful New Year. I had a bunch of family in town. I got to you guys heard brief... Uh, 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 brief bits of my brother on the uh, show last time. Yes, it was Got fun to having hang your brother here. We had to go to, yeah, he was pretty amazed at how many beers we did in a short oh, period of time. How many did we, we did a dozen, right? We did 13, no, 13. 13, 13 we did the craft dozen. beers last week, uh, <laughs> or last show. Uh, yeah, that was pretty amazing. It was like speed tasting. It was, that's right, that's right. It, it was way over the top. And I had to finish the bomber of the... Uh, of the uh, Belgian ale, that I we think had. that was your favorite. Was yes, it? Well. yes, the Belgian holiday. <laughs> but yeah. I wasn't driving, so that was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. It was a good. It was a good thing. It was a very, very good thing. Well, we are so uh, glad to actually be back from the break. Although it, it is weird, we were talking about this. It's it's uh, it's getting back on the bike, you know, because we took a week off. Like it's it's almost like your muscle memory. Like, do I remember how to open a beer? Do I remember? You'd figure we'd have more to talk about, but you, now I just want to sit down and smoke a cigar. I know it's well, <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like getting back into the groove. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. We uh, well, I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. You probably uh, had a chance to enjoy some uh, some good beers and spirits and cigars across the holiday. Quite a few, actually. I yeah. got. I brought two today that were both gifts. Oh, for uh, two of the beers, or, or the one beer that was a gift and a whiskey that was a, and a whiskey. Oh, yeah, good. Scotch well, to be this is this is very exciting. So, what what is the whiskey we'll be tasting? Mm, the whiskey we'll be tasting is the Ardbeg Ten Year Old Ardbeg. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Ardbeg. Yeah, so this is it's Scotch single malt, and it's mm-hmm. wonderful. We'll be is talking about a, that. Is there a district of Ardbeg? Is, it, <laughs> is, is, is that a geographical? Place we'll say, we'll save all that for the last okay. for the last. Bit. Uh, right. I also brought a really fun beer called Sticky Monkey. Oh, Sticky That's Monkey by Firestone. That's mm-hmm. a Belgian. Quad. Do not, by the way, go to stickymonkey.com. That's a completely different thing. Totally not different. at work. You don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> stay away uh, from dot org too. Probably yes, bad. yeah, probably, probably <laughs> not. Uh, well, that's a, and what kind of beer is the Sticky Monkey? Is it a, a, a Belgian quad? Oh, okay. Well, that's you know, if you leave good. it up to me, I'm bringing everything yeah. that's over like nine yeah. percent. Well, and you know me, I'm going to bring an IPA. So That's right. I brought something interesting, though, I think. I, it, it looks interesting. It's the Moody Tongue Sliced Nectarine IPA. And if you recall, the Moody Tongue uh, the, Chocolate Churro Porter. The caramelized Chocolate Churro Baltic Porter. You missed a you few syllables in there, my friend. That one. Yes, I did. <laughs> I can't remember them all after after one or two. Uh-huh. I'm surprised after I've had those two. Uh, that beer is so good. I've bought that a few times, and every time I see that IPA next to it, and I've threatened to buy it, I just had because my hand always goes towards it, and then just shifts right back over to that caramelized chocolate churro Baltic Porter. Well, I've I'm going to say that five times fast. Buddy. I've bought the Porter, and I keep like putting it in my uh, my refrigerator because it comes in the four packs, right, right? Right. So I keep putting it in my refrigerator. And what happens is people come over and they drink it. Like I go <laughs> back it, to man. the I go back to the uh, to the refrigerator. And go. I think I'm going to have one of those. Oh Aww. man, they're all gone. <laughs> so I, I think we made a big enough deal about it on the show that everybody everybody wants to try. Everybody it, has you know? to try it. Right? Yeah, it, it was quite good. So don't know how this IPA will be, but I like the idea of a sliced nectarine IPA, and I like the idea. Really, after after that porter, I like the idea of trying anything that the Moody Tongue. Yeah, I mean, so. I can only hope like yeah. that it's going to be up to that quality. Yeah, uh, one would one would hope. So that's going to be interesting. We we have a lot of different things to talk about today. We are going to do a craft 
Craft Beer 101. I thought right after Christmas and the holidays, I thought it would be a perfect time to do this show. The right glass for the right beer. Um, there are certain d- different types of beer glassware that are more appropriate than others for certain types of beer. And so I thought we'd get into that. And it's not, I just want to stress, it's not a beer snob thing. You know, drink beer in a plastic cup if that's what you want to do. Like, it's not a big deal. But these are ways to further enhance your enjoyment of a particular style of beer by going to the glass that's really supposed to be perfect to smell and drink uh, it's the like, beer It's like of. putting yeah. a speed hole in your can, but one level further. I like it. I like the way you describe that. That makes sense to me. That actually, actually, that actually so works just for me. just a funny, just a funny. You do know what I'm talking about with a speed hole mm-hmm. in the can, right? Okay, yeah, that's yeah. when you that's when you use a little can opener, you punch a hole in the back side of the can, right? So the air goes in, and you get, right. Yeah, right. So you get a much smoother drink that way, mm-hmm. but you also get more on the nose out of your mm-hmm. can, mm-hmm. which which means you know you don't necessarily have to pour it into a glass that way. Speaking of can. That might be a little redneck snobbery there. I'm not entirely sure what I got going on. It works either way. It works either way. Speaking of can, my wife bought me, you've talked about this on the show, my wife bought me for Christmas a Yeti can cooler. The koozie, the coo, the yeah, the can koozie, koozie that's the, you know made to put your beer or soda can into. Those are amazing. Uh, you had talked about it on the show, and I'd gone home telling her about it. Oh, Ian says this is great, blah blah blah. So she got me one for Christmas, and like your last drink of beer. You know how when you're drinking a canned beer and that last swallow is kind of warm and it's just not that good. Right, right. That doesn't happen with this. I know. And it's you know, awesome. It also messes with your head a little bit because you have the weight of the koozie itself. Oh, you can never tell so how, you much, don't you know how much beer yes. you have left. <laughs> and then like, by the time you hit that last sip, yeah. it's still cold and you're like, that's it? And you go to take a big swallow and there's not that much left. So yeah. you got to, yeah. No, Many kudos to Yeti. A friend of mine bought one of those. I thought it was nuts. I was like, really? He goes, I'll never go anywhere without it. And I yeah, said, okay, yeah, I'll it, try it. It's great. Great. And, great, and I'm totally sold. They're amazing if you yeah. like your if you like your beer cold. Now, some beers I don't use it on if I'm at home. Sometimes I'd rather have it in a glass. I did, however, uh, at one point in time, pick up a uh, pint glass koozie from oh. St. Arnold Brewery when I was oh, at nice. a tour there, mm-hmm. and that's fun because it literally just slips over a regular pint glass. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's a, it's just almost like a uh, um, I don't know. It's almost like pajamas for a pint right, glass. Right, right. Yeah, I like it. Uh, that that totally works for me. So, did you uh, smoke anything? interesting this weekend or, you know, or across the holidays i should say you know let me uh let's see i had a 2009 that i have had sitting in my uh humidor since 2009 uh uh cao liberty oh nice. and it comes in a little coffin box if you yes know it comes in the, little like the box, little cedar wooden uh, square box or, or rectangular right. box yeah. which is weird because it's been in my humidor so long that every time i open that drawer i'm like what am i missing like it mm-hmm. could, because i had two of them in there one for me and one for my brother and I, we've just been saving them until we were both together at the same place and had time to smoke them. And um, and it was so funny because now I look at my humidor and I'm like, there's a big empty space in here. I don't even- Yeah, it's because those take up a lot of room. <laughs> right, they yeah. do. So I have a lot more room for other stuff. I have to go buy more uh, cigars. But man, it was fantastic. It's been sitting in my humidor for so long that it's aged. It's picked up a lot of mellowness from it. It's so much cedar flavor. Like It, it, was, it was like having a delicious cigar 
and 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 having like a burning cedar fire right oh, next to you nice. at the same yeah, time. It was yeah, absolutely like fantastic. We had it on Christmas Day. Uh, we sat out in what we like to call Manland, which is the garage at my Manland. at my mom's house because we had yes. Christmas at mom's house, of course. And uh, and we sat out in Manland and uh, had a cigar and a beer and just really enjoyed it. And this cigar was uh, impeccable. It was you know I guess it's from Cao's heyday anyway. Cao makes you know, some two thousand nine and it smokes, was yeah. it was um, it was not a real complex cigar, but mm-hmm. in its simplicity, like this just big cedar dryness that was wonderful, and it had a little bit of spice to it and just a very very classic cigar smoke kind of flavor, mm-hmm. big smoke at that. And I really enjoyed it from head. To, like I burn, I smoke it till it was burning my fingers almost. Wow, yeah, it was a great cigar. Love it. That's that's good. I I have always been impressed by uh, CAO cigars, and I got to meet uh, Tim Osninger, Osninger, the son of the guy, the O in CAO, uh, although it's a whole family business. And uh, I got to meet him once and, you know, talk cigars with him for a little while. They were based out of Nashville at the time. Uh, That's not where they make the cigars, but that's where the company was based out of. And, uh, you know, just... I loved the passion that he had for cigars. It was it was one of those great conversations where you know I met him at a, a big smoke, a cigar aficionado, big smoke, uh, and he was there at the booth, and I was just asking him about a couple of the cigars, and I just loved listening to him talk tobacco. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he really understood it was really getting into it. So uh, I've been a fan of CAO ever since, and really rarely had a CAO that I didn't think was at least. You know, uh, a B plus. Well, and we talked about construction wise, sometimes having a, a few issues with them recently. But <laughs> flavor wise, I've never had yeah. any issues with. I, and their and their triple Maduro is just one of my favorite cigars of all time. And of course, that new Steelhead series, the yeah, Flathead. Uh, oh, those those cigars good. are just impeccably good, impeccably good. Well, uh, I had uh, an interesting cigar. My experience over the holidays was that I got a head cold, so I actually didn't smoke a lot because you can't really even enjoy it. Um, and when I did have a cigar, I wasn't getting much flavor. I wanted right. something to like punch through <laughs> when I was starting to feel a little better, you know. So I tried the Casada Selección España Corona, and I got to tell you, this cigar was fantastic. That's the one with the little yellow label, yes, right? The little yeah. yellow label and the little Casada leaf. I have and, one uh, of my humidors been taunting me for a while. Uh, well, it's, it's only about an eight dollar and fifty cent cigar, right. and boy, is it worth. Uh, every penny. First of all, it's beautiful. It's just wonderfully rolled. You hold it in your hand and look at it, and you almost don't want to light it up. It's so pretty. Uh, but it's uh, made with an Ecuadorian. Um, I'm going to try to pronounce this word correctly. Araparaca wrapper. I don't know what that means. I'll take your word for that. Okay. I don't know what that means uh, either. A-R-I-P-I-R-A-C-A. Araparaca. Uh, it's Dominican binder, Dominican and Nicaraguan filler, but the flavor. Uh, sweet cocoa, leather, spice, some pepper. It's medium to full, and it did, in fact, punch through my uh, my nice. uh, waning head cold. <laughs> uh, and uh, price to quality, I would give it an eight, because it, it's an eight- you know, eight and a half dollar cigar. Uh, it could easily have been a thirteen or fourteen dollar cigar, and I wouldn't have been disappointed. So, right. Um, so I would say give it give it about an eight. It, it was it was uh, it was quite impressive. So, uh, so Cigar Aficionado has released their list of the top cigars of 2016. Uh, we'll talk about the top five coming up on the show. Plus, uh, we promised. Um, 
Crappier 101, our segment on the right glass for the right beer is coming up, and we got some great stuff to taste, so it should be a fun show. Fantastic. Uh, you're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. That beach is sounding pretty good right about now, isn't it? Be nice. I mean, yeah. we had to deal with that 75 degree uh, Christmas this year. Yep. Welcome back to the Sip, Smoke, and Savor show. Uh, so called because we uh, have to add the and show to the show name uh, just oh, to keep ourselves right. out of some uh, legal, legal hoo ha. Excuse me. Apparently, other people like to sip, smoke, and savor, and have named other things sip, smoke. That and have savor. nothing to do with anything we're doing. Actually, here I think on they the didn't show, have the and. I think it was sip, smoke, savor. Yes, and but no and. Yeah, and quite frankly, I would rather just like let the lawyers fight it out. But, uh, <laughs> so uh, there's now the yeah. sip, smoke, and savor show. Yeah, but um, we're trying to extend an olive branch. Right. Be the we sip, could just turn our name show. into a symbol. Yeah, like Prince did. Like we could be the show formerly known as Sip Smoke and Savor. The show formerly known as Sip Smoke and Savor. I'll tell you a great, uh, a great uh, story. When Prince was going through that time, uh, he was the artist formerly known as Prince, and right. at least one of the singles that he put out, he just used that abbreviation T A. Uh, F K whatever, right. and uh, I was driving through like Huntsville, Alabama, on my way to Florida, uh, and I was listening to the radio, and I heard the DJ on the radio play the song and say, "That's Taft Cap." <laughs> Not there kidding. It. it actually happened. So that's awesome. You got to love radio in those small towns. So, uh, so anyway, nice to have you guys listening to the show. We are show number twenty five. That's some sort. That's a quarter. That's, that's a quarter uh, century landmark show here. I'm pretty happy. So about that. Pretty exciting. So, so we got a lot to do. We're going to talk about uh, a little craft beer one hundred and one and the right glass for the right beer. We have several important news stories and the cigar aficionado top twenty five list of twenty sixteen. We want to go over the top five cigars with you. We won't do the whole list because you can go and read it for yourself. But the top five are interesting, so we want to talk about that. And uh, I think it's time to taste a little beer. What, yeah, what I'm, have you I'm got getting a little beer here? thirsty. Yep. I have a Kentucky bourbon barrel stout. Now we're starting with the stout, which is good and fun. I like this. I like yes, this very this much. Is, now this is uh, from uh, what? What beer company does this now? The Kentucky. The Kentucky Beer Company. That's what it says, Kentucky. Okay, I, I'm down. Um, I actually spoke with the uh, the rep. I ran into him at an H E B recently, and I got oh, no his card. Kidding. We may see about having him on the show. Oh, that'd at some be point that'd be time. interesting. So this is stout brewed with coffee and aged in oak barrels with Haitian coffee. Interesting. Uh, so I I really like. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I really like coffee infused other things. Coffee that, flavored things. If that, that, if aren't that makes coffee. sense. Coffee flavored things that aren't <laughs> coffee. Yes, coffee is so, reasonably coffee flavored. Yes, it is. It, it really is. But I'm just not a, a real hot beverage guy uh, for the most part. So, uh, so <laughs> I, you know, I've gotten to where I, I do generally a few times a week have a have a cup of coffee. But oh, I have one I, of those. I have one of those. Uh, Coffee machines where you stick the little cup in there and oh, makes yes. coffee in oh, yeah. seconds. Yeah, you don't have to worry yeah. about a thing. You just boom and done. So, <laughs> boom My and brother done. gets snobby about coffee. He's like, oh, I have all this and blah, blah, I'm like, this one makes coffee in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of like people would say we're snobby about beers. People, right, right, people exactly. People go, yeah, I got a Budweiser here. And uh, we're like, no, no, 
oh wait, there's, <laughs> right. there's so much more. Uh, there's so much more. So yeah, well, we're snobby about important things, though. That's the, that's what that's what makes the difference. That's right. So this is Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Stout, stout brewed with coffee and aged in oak barrels with Haitian coffee, and uh, wow, it's pretty good. I agree. I agree. It has a very coffee upfront flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of that stout bitterness on it, and a nice, uh, nice caramelized. Uh, the burnt caramel, caramel kind of the burnt caramel on the to finish. It. Yes, really nice, yes, you know? for sure. Um, it's it's a really interesting flavor because I I want to first go yeah it's mostly a coffee flavor but then I start to go no it's really mostly a stout flavor yeah and then I go no it's really mostly a caramel flavor so it's so the three of them kind of weave in and out of each and other and the weirdest thing about it too is it doesn't like it looks like it it's mm-hmm. pretty dark in the cup like it's a very dark brown yes. almost black uh, but it's not as Thick feeling as you think a lot of mm-hmm. times uh, that a that a stout is, so it, it comes it actually, across a little lighter than you'd expect. It, it actually, in in terms of its heaviness or lightness, reminds me of a Guinness. Like it's about the same right, right. texture. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's yeah. about the same heaviness as a, as different, a Guinness. Different bubbles, but is, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting because most people kind of expect Guinness to be much heavier than it is. It's actually a very light uh, stout to, right. to drink, right. you know? But you get that creaminess from the nitro bubbles mm-hmm. in the Guinness, which mm-hmm. which really kind of gives that different mouthfeel to it. Well, this is quite good. Now, uh, is this something that, uh, where did you discover this? Did I you, got that at H-E-B. At H-E-B? At the yeah. H-E-B? Right wow. down at the grocery store. Very So we say H-E-B because that's where we got close, but, you know, wherever you are, you should yeah. probably be able to get it pretty close. So Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Stout. We will have uh, photos, of course, on the uh, It came in a four-pack. It was... So. I think twelve dollars for the four pack, so it's pretty. You know, it's, it's affordable. It's a nice beer. Yeah, I, I don't like know if it. I'm gonna sit down and drink five of them in a row, but it's great for at least one. It's you great. Know? For, it's great for the flavor. Yeah, and I it's would definitely great for the. I flavor. would put it in one of those uh, porter slash stout glasses that mm, you have. Well, yes, and we we want to talk about that uh, coming up. First, though, I thought we would uh, we would share the number five cigar with you from the uh, cigar aficionado year end. Uh, these are the best number five. Uh, was the Padron Series 1926 number 90, the natural wrapper. Uh, so have you had the 1926 Padron? I've had many of those, yes. and they're delicious. They really are good. Yeah. So, that yeah. series has been has been top since it came out. I have to admit, great. though, when I cough up the money for one, because they're not a cheap cigar, no, no, I have a tendency to go to, with the Maduro and not with the Natural. Uh, and the Natural was the one that they put on the list. So. Well, you know me, I default to Maduro anyway, mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. so that was number five. Number four uh, was the E.P. Carrillo Selection Oscuro uh, Pyramid Royal. I love E.P. Carrillo cigars. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I got like a half bundle Maybe of uh, some of the EP Carrillo stuff uh, at a certain point last year, and those were like some of the best cigars I had all year. They were just fantastic. It was something I got, you know, I ordered something and got those. It was it was one it's, of those type of things. It's one of those that I don't always think about up front, but every time I have one, the, the construction mm-hmm. quality is just 100% every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Every time. So those are very good. Those are number four. Uh, number three was the Partagas Serie E, number two, the only Cuban Cigar in the top twenty-five. No, I haven't had one of those. Uh, now this is the sort of traditional part of Cuban uh, Partagas. So it doesn't have you know the uh, the uh, American releases of Partagas. Right, you know, they've right. got the red label. Uh, this has the uh, gold and black 
a very simple golden black label. Uh, and I I have had, I'm trying to think if I've had a number two. I have had a couple of the Cuban Partagas cigars. They're fantastic. I have never had a Cuban Partagas, but I look yeah, forward to it yeah. at some point in time very, in the future. Very good, yes. Well, hopefully these will get a little easier uh, for That's us right. to get here sometime soon. Uh, number two, the Rocky Patel Sun-Grown Maduro Robusto. Uh, Rocky Patel Sungrown has been out for a while. It, it's actually not my favorite of the Rocky Patel line, but uh, it's been out for a long time. But this is the Sungrown Maduro, and it's the first time this last year that he's made a Maduro in the Sungrown line. And according to the review of this thing, it's complex as all hell and just absolutely a flavor bomb that sounds amazing yeah. i haven't tried mm-hmm. that so uh so that's that's number two and number one uh, the, the, i just love how tinny that is uh, number one is the <laughs> la flor dominicana andalusian bull a very different cigar apparently it's a salamone shape uh-huh. uh and it's uh, just a very different cigar i was reading the little review about it uh, for La Flor Dominicana from, from you know, most of their line is the really uh, super full flavored Lata Ligero tobacco. Right, right. Uh, and this is apparently a little bit different, a little bit more subtle, but still they, uh, Cigar Aficionado, in their review, rave about this cigar. I guess they I'm going to have to stop by the cigar on. shop on the way home so, and pick yeah, up the top too. Yeah. So very, very interesting. Out of those top five cigars, you've had the Patron. I've had the, I think I've had that E.P. Carrillo, but have not had any of the top three, I think. So, yeah, neither. So, so very interesting. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting uh, maybe to try. Of course, after this list comes out, a lot of these cigars actually become very difficult to find. Right. Uh, because everybody's wanting to try them because they top the list and, and so on and so on. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm really interested in trying this La Flor Dominicana and Illusion Bowl. Now, what I thought would be interesting, usually when Cigar Aficionado releases this list, and this hasn't come out yet, they usually also release a list of uh, their best budget cigars. And I thought, whether their list comes out this week or not, we should do our own list this next week. Can we of, call it the Lawnmower List? Let's do it. The Lawnmower List. I love that. Uh, the Lawnmower List. These are the cigars that are great everyday go to smokes, but so let's give ourselves a maximum price five dollars six dollars i i always think of it being a premium after six dollars okay so six or but, less but if you can get one under five that's a real bargain mm-hmm. so six or less so this is your assignment and mine uh to come up with five smokes that we like let me get this straight under you're six gonna dollars. make me go get yes. and smoke and review yes. cigars yes this is the worst homework I've ever had. <laughs> uh, but but you know, not all cheap cigars are good. That's true. So That's this true. is this is why this is so much fun because it's about finding those gems. And I have a couple already in mind, but I don't have five in mind. So right. let's see if we can pull this off. This will be for next week's show. All right, sure, I can name 26. two right now, but okay. uh, but I'm definitely going to have to search a little bit. All right, well, so, you know, it's it's a tough job, but I guess, I guess I'll be at the cigar shop a little longer than I thought it's when a I get through. Tough here job, today. but somebody's got to do it. You know, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. So, all right, so that'll be coming up on next week's show. We look forward to that, and then coming up on this show, uh, we have more beer to taste, including the 2016 Firestone Sticky Monkey 
sticky, sticky monkey. monkey. Uh, and then we also have this uh, this Moody Tongue sliced nectarine IPA. And tell me about the whiskey again. Oh, so the whiskey is Ardbeg from <laughs> I. It's an Isle single malt Scotch whiskey. From the Islay region. Have of, you not opened that bottle? No, no. Oh. I brought this. This was a Christmas present from my brother-in-law, so oh, I brought so it specifically for us to try out today. So, all right. So, we'll be going to that very soon. Uh, you are listening to the Sip, Smoke, and Savor Show. My name's Cruz. My partner, Ian Barry. We'll be right back. Back to the Sip, Smoke, and Savor show. We're uh, glad to have you listening uh, to show number 25, and we are tasting beers, tasting whiskey, and uh, talking about all things craft beer, craft spirits, and fine cigars. I have to tell you, after 25 shows that we've done, every Mm -hmm. time I hear any of those songs that we use for bumper music, I Mm -hmm. have a Pavlovian response where I just start... You want Slavering a, a little you bit. You want a beer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Slobbering a little. Well, Mouth starts watering. <laughs> then, then let's waste no time. Let's open up this moody tongue. Let's do this. Uh, this is the uh, Sliced Nectarine IPA. I have the key so, to get into this bottle, by the way. Now, there's a little bit. Oh, good. That's good to know. Uh, that's There's a little bit of like build up to this because we liked that uh, that porter, the moody tongue porter, so much. That's so good. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if this lives up to the hype. Oh, yeah. Very nice, yeah. That was nice and subtle. I so like my that. joke about the key is because my house key is mm-hmm. actually a bottle opener. Oh, nice. So that is your house key and bottle opener. Yes, I broke one of my house keys off in my lock, as we've all done yeah. at some point in time mm-hmm. in, our, in our lives. And I called my wife and I said, I'm not going to be able to get in tonight <laughs> if, <laughs> unless you uh, bring me a key. So she actually went and had a key made. That's the one she found for me. Ah, uh, see? that's a, she, she knows you. She's good like that. She knows you. And so if I can get like into that. my house, I can get into a beer. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's always good to know. Sometimes I've had the beer first and then can't get into the house, but that's, <laughs> well, that, a, that's a completely that's a different separate, problem. Uh, uh, sort of a problem. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely right. So, uh, so wow, this is uh, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this ipa it smells really interesting. it does smell really interesting so what this is this is a sliced nectarine ipa it right is a, what does it say 5.9 percent by volume hmm what is your initial response well my initial sense? response is that it's hoppier than i was expecting i you was expecting all the hops. i was expecting more of just the citrusy uh sort of ipa vibe but i can taste the nectarine Mm-hmm. Which, it's definitely I like, like it's I can see. Yeah. I haven't even tasted mine yet. I'm just smelling mm-hmm. it. I can smell the hops up front and a little bit of uh, fruity sweetness underneath it. It is definitely hoppy. It's uh, it's probably I would I would say it's probably hoppier than most of my favorite IPAs. But it's not certain, hoppy bitter. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's not. It's not hoppy bitter. It's actually like normally something this hoppy. I'd be, you know that that has to be a super amazing this is actually kind of a little bit of sweet with that i have to say going back for like the second and third taste it it gets better too yeah like it's one of those things like really taste that you really begin to pull the flavors out of there Uh uh-huh yeah Uh, i don't know whether it has to sit for a minute or maybe your palate has to adjust to it it's got a little bit of a grapefruit tartness to it Mm -hmm. on the end too i think that might be the the nectarine plus the uh hot bitter well it's really good and that's generally what 
the IPAs that I like have a little bit of that grapefruit vibe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like the St. Arnold Art Car IPA, for right, example, right. which I love the way that finishes. Um, and this is uh, this is different. It's a, it's hoppier than that, but it's. Uh, I will buy this I like again. It. I like it. Well, and you're not necessarily Mr. IPA. So no, that's a big no. Deal. But this is a very interesting IPA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can see myself going, I want one of those. Mm-hmm. Not I want to you know, drink the whole four pack, but I want one of those right, to right. sip on for a while. To go for the and flavor, I'm yes. willing to bet, and we don't have time, unless I leave this. I'm going to leave this to the side because I think towards the end of the show, I want to try it when it's actually a little warmed it's up. It's a little warmer. Okay. Because I bet those fruity flavors are going to jump out substantially once it Moody warms Tongue up. Moody Tongue is apparently from Chicago. It says... Uh, are you familiar with the Chicagoland area? I am not. I've never been. It it says Pils, Pilsen, Chicago. I've never been. And Pilsen sounds like a beer word, but I think it's a, a Chicagoland uh, location. I don't know if we have any uh, Chicago-based listeners that might want to uh, chime in for us on social feel media. Free to, yeah, feel yeah, free, feel free to, to let us a message. Know. Pilsen, P-I-L-S-E-N, Pilsen, uh, Chicago. I love Chicago. It's been a long time since I've been, but uh, what a great city. And what a great beer city, too. Wow, Chicago is a fabulous city for microbreweries and craft beer. And Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I hadn't been there. I had a buddy of mine that lived there for a couple <laughs> years and I never got a chance to make it uh, make it up there. To One of my favorite memories yeah. of Chicago is I uh, got to go there on a weekend once, and it was the first, after a long winter, it was the first nice weekend of the year. And it was like, I was right in the middle of downtown Chicago, and every tiny patch of grass was covered by people. Like, people would, <laughs> you could tell everybody just had, like, winter cabin fever, and they wanted to be out because it was right. a nice day. And it was like, right. they were just, I mean, if you if you saw a park, there was, like, you know, people, like, packed shoulder to shoulder. In, they in, do, a, in they the do a little bit of a uh, St. Patrick's Day celebration there, too, Oh, they? they do, yes. <laughs> yes. Just, they, just a little. They like their, uh, like their St. Patty's Day in Chicago. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. And uh, if you can't get, you know, I, I realize, you know, being located, you know, now in Texas, this might seem like a little bit of heresy, but if you can't find a good steak in Chicago, you can't find a good steak. That is one of the top places in the world to have a steak. Challenge accepted. I have to go there sometime. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. All right. So let's talk a little bit about, um, let's talk about a little craft beer 101 here. Tell me this how is, I can enjoy my beer well, more. You can enjoy your beer more by uh, using a glass that is designed to accentuate the flavor profile of the particular beer that you are uh, drinking. So uh, I've had a number of you know different kinds of beer glasses at the house. In fact, I remember the first time that you came over, I was, I think I was serving you a stout in the proper glass which was yes. like uh, which was like a, a thing i was like oh he appreciates that okay good i like this guy um so uh, so uh i've never had though a set of beer glasses until when my uh wife and i did our wedding registry uh i found a set of them at bed bath and beyond which is where we registered uh-huh. so i said put that on the list and somebody got it for you us you know oddly enough i registered for that same set i don't think i got it yeah well i mean uh, i got lots of other awesome things yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm quite fine with it well you would enjoy this it's it's a it's a big box set but i kept some of the notes from this thing and actually brought in some of the glasses so that we can take some photos and put them on the uh on the facebook page to talk about the different kinds of glasses and why the different kind of glasses are appropriate 
for a particular style of beer over another. Now, so. I, I want to point out that I've been a bachelor for quite a few years, mm-hmm. so uh, I have a lot of pint glasses. Yes, and and the pint glass. Well, well, let's just start with the craft pub or the yeah the, the basic standard pint, pint glass. glass. Yep, it features a slight taper near the top to concentrate the uh, the head of the beer, funnel the aroma. They say that this is the most versatile of all the beer right. glasses. It's not a specialist, but rather. An essential component, they say, the to biggest, a well-stocked bar, and it'll improve the uh, improve the appearance and experience of any beer. So, no beer is wrong for that standard right. pint glass. Now, so. the biggest reason uh, to pour a beer into a glass mm-hmm. is be- is for a few things. First off, you get the visual. How pretty is that beer? You know, how, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is the nose. You know, your mm-hmm. nose is so much of your palate. Well, um, and, and and when you put that glass to your face, you're actually covering your nose. You right. put it right you're up putting to your nose, nose, right into that glass, and yes. getting that initial breath with it is a huge part of the way you taste. Well, it really is. And the other thing is, when you pour the beer into the pint glass, mm-hmm. you are releasing flavor and aroma you're that, that, yeah. that you don't get if you're just taking it directly from the bottle mm-hmm. or directly from uh, a can. Now, I I have no problem drinking beer directly from a bottle or can. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of those people that always has to have a glass. But, I do find it's harder to put a speed hole in a bottle, though. Yes, it is. Yes, it absolutely is. But I will say, if I'm at the bar and the bartender says, would you like a chilled glass, I usually say yes. Uh, and sometimes they serve you the right kind of glass, and sometimes they don't. A lot of bars, particularly those that are at uh, you know places that are known more as restaurants than beer specialty mm-hmm. bar places will pour you almost every kind of beer in the tall sort of classic pilsner the pilsner glass, glass right, right. Uh, and and there's nothing wrong with that the classic pilsner glass this is the tall one that um <coughs> looks like a, it looks like a flute tapered, almost yeah kind of tapered uh, skinny at the bottom Fatter about three quarters of the way up, and then it tapers a little. Too if you've tall. ever had a beer at an Italian restaurant, it's that glass. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, it features uh, the narrow base, maintains the carbonation, the tall, slender profile, concentrates the light pilsner color, while the tight rim captures the head of the beer and focuses the aroma. They say use this with pilsner and other light colored lagers. <coughs> also because the uh, also because the uh, the loggers don't have quite as much presence on the nose mm-hmm. so having that smaller concentration well, right. helps direct that and they recommend uh, the kind of things that you're drinking in this classic Pilsner uh, glass the Pilsners and the lagers uh, they say use that with salty and spicy foods with seafood mm-hmm. these are the right kinds of things to use mm-hmm. with these so that's the classic Pilsner glass and you will get you know at a lot of restaurants you'll get you know IPAs or stouts or other things poured right into those glasses. There's nothing wrong with that. But the Porter Stout glass, which is one that has a base and a stem, kind of like a wine glass. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's kind of what it looks like. It's right, a, right. sort of a short wine glass. It features the stem, they say, to elevate the beer and accentuate the dark, rich color of the roasted barley. So it's it's partly about looking it's the pretty. way it looks. Yeah, it has to look pretty. <laughs> You're del- you know, part of it is is when you look at your drink and you go, that's classy. You right. Think, yeah. And you're looking at the beautiful color of this. Uh, they say use it with porter, stouts, other dark be- beers, pair it with barbecue, chocolate, shellfish. Right. And it's um, it's a little bigger at the bottom and, mm-hmm. and comes down to a smaller flute towards the top. So that really directs it. Again, you know, directs and concentrates that uh, that right at your nose while you're taking right. a sip. You get to you get to kind of 
inhale just a lot of yep. the uh, a lot of the dark flavors mm. and the the sort of roasted flavors right. of the uh, of the porter and the stout. It really does work. Um, the porter and the stout glass. I've noticed that of all of the different beer glasses, it's the one that. I think enhances the beer the most, as opposed yeah. to in a regular uh, pint glass. For example. I have a set of tulips that uh, I got actually from a friend of mine's wedding, and if he listens to this, he'll know exactly who who I'm talking about. Uh, they were the they were the glasses from the wedding, and those are like my favorites for beer at the house. Really, all the time. Yes, really. And what do they what do they look like? They're, they're the tulip glasses. Oh, okay. They're basically gotcha. the stout. Uh, they're kind of in between the stout and the. And the um, what's the other one? You the, have? Belgian the Belgian ale glass. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll talk about that glass. Plus, we'll talk about my very favorite beer glass, which is the classic English pub glass. Uh, yes. When we come back, and we'll also taste. Um, uh, what do you want to do? You let's stay with beer. Let's yeah, taste let's the sticky monkey. monkey. Yes, uh, that's coming up next. Thank you for uh, enjoying the show with us. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the Sip, Smoke, and Savor show. And Ian, you know what? Something you said in an earlier segment is totally right. As soon as I heard that Foo Fighters song, I got really thirsty. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm ready to uh, to jump in and and do our next beer. We have three more beer glasses to talk about, but I thought we should go ahead and uh, and maybe open uh, the next beer and uh, and talk about these while we're while we're enjoying. Some Firestone Sticky Monkey. Now, where did you say you got this as a gift? This was a gift. This is from my friend David, whom was, uh, I, I teach guitar lessons. And right. He was a student of mine for a few years and actually uh, ended up teaching his son guitar as well. Okay. And he called me up and he said, hey, I need to get some work done on my son's guitar. Mm-hmm. And so he brought it in to me and uh, right before he left, he brought me this beer and goes, Merry Christmas. Ah. And this is the Firestone 2016 Sticky Monkey Vintage. And uh, it's a Central Coast Quad Ale. Had you seen this beer before? I don't think I'd. I'm, I'm familiar, familiar with Firestone. Firestone. Yeah, 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 but no, I, I haven't seen this particular beer before. Interesting. He yeah. likes really good beer. He also brews beer, so we've had those conversations ah, as well. Excellent. Well, uh, this is going to be, and this is a bomber now, so. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so you just took the first whiff of it yes, out of the right? uh, top of the I bottle. I mean, it smells, like a, it smells so much like a Belgian quad right there. It's a uh, little well, bit of you're a fan of the Belgian fruit. quad, so. Yeah, fruit. A little bit of the. Um, I, I, I'm going to use this word, but um, and it means what I what I say it means, but it's not in a bad way. There's a little bit of a rot smell, like like over ripeness to mm-hmm. it. Right, you know? and over ripeness. That's the yeah, right. That's way probably to say a better it. way to say it than rot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, <laughs> probably almost anything you could say would be better than rot. I'm just thinking. It's like, well, we really enjoyed the rot flavor. I just uh, <laughs> so, just trying to trying to keep Mars it real here. Quick. It's got rot flavor. <laughs> it's like here, smell the milk. I think it's gone bad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Does this look infected to you? Uh, so you know, it's one of those uh, sort of questions. So, uh, so well, I mean, to me, uh, I guess overripe is definitely a better way. To, yeah. There's a you know, if you smell that, it almost smells like banana too. Well, a no, bit. I know what you mean though. I mean, and it's interesting because rot is not actually completely wrong in terms right. of of the smell. It sounds so but bad that when you say that. But it's not unpleasant, I guess. <laughs> no, no, the, not at all. Is the right way. It's more like well like an overripe banana. Right, is, right. Is is really Very the best much. way to describe it. Like you can tell that that banana is post peak. But it doesn't make you go, ugh. Yeah, but it doesn't smell you know? bad. It smells right, like right. overripe banana, mm-hmm. which is not in and of itself a bad and, smell. And at my house, overripe banana means 
that Mary will soon be making banana, banana bread. bread. And that's a really <laughs> good bread. thing. So I like the smell of overripe banana. So uh, so you've already taken a, a first swallow. What do you so think? So a couple things. Earlier we had a, uh, we had a stout. Mm-hmm. That wasn't as thick and viscous as, as normal stouts. Yes. This you could almost use as glue. Uh, you could almost use this as motor oil. I think <laughs> like it's like literally uh, almost chewy. This, it is uh, uh, absolutely delicious, though. Yeah. There's it, a ton of. It is very raisiny, very very uh, raisin, mm-hmm. very a little banana in there, like we talked about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, a lot of uh, that's just malt all over the place. Oh, boy, you're not kidding. Like I, I don't. I don't taste any hops at all, but boy, do I taste the malt. Yeah. Mm. Raisin, date. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. And it's the right amount of, uh, the right amount of uh, uh, carbonation to it as well. It's yes. Not, it's not real carbonated. But it does There's have a little bit some, of, yeah. and sometimes I, I um, it's these sort of, these quads like will be a little flat for me. And this one's got the carbonation. Which and see, I like. and I don't mind them if they're a little flat. It's when they're over carbonated that I don't like them. Because then I feel yeah. like you're just tasting the bubbles. You don't get any real beer flavors mm-hmm. in it. It's like mm-hmm. it's like it's dancing on my tongue, but nothing will settle there. You know. Wow, I find that this is an interesting. Um, it's an interesting beer to like hold in your mouth for a moment before you swallow, and then like the flavors that you get after you swallow are completely different. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm. This has a little bit of that caramel in the aftertaste as well, especially mm-hmm. if you breathe out of your nose after you after you take that. Initial now you're always sip telling me to do this. Talk about why that's important. You know, to me, it's like the okay. So when you taste the finish on a beer and you make that swallow, most mm-hmm. people take a big inhale after that. If and what happens is all those flavors. Oh, yeah. You know, all those flavors are taken in, and when you do that slow exhale out of your nose, you really can taste, like, it's like taking a deep breath, you know, like, you really taste mm-hmm. them way far back in your nasal passages, so to speak, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you get a really, really full flavor from it. And I do that with whiskey all the time. I actually take, before I take a sip of whiskey, I take a little inhale of breath, I drink my whiskey, and then swallow it, and then at the very last breathe out you through breathe my nose slowly because yes. I really want to taste all of that. And the, the nose flavor. is so the much part of the flavor, the you know? The flavor, yes. Yes. Uh, now <laughs> the this flavonoids is, in the, the nose. <laughs> now, this is, I'm looking at this uh, Belgian ale glass, which is one of the uh, six beer glasses, and this is the one that we would drink Sticky Monkey now, out of. Now, the glass right? you're holding, it has a stem like a wine glass. Mm-hmm. It bulbs out like a wine glass. And then comes into a but smaller tapers section. In and right? then back out And then slightly. flutes back up mm-hmm. a little bit. So this is what they call a tulip. Mm-hmm. And your tulip there is larger than the tulips that I have at the I house. I was going to say very yes. similar. Very similar. Uh, Usually and, when you see one of these, it's shorter and smaller in, right. in uh, volume. Right. And uh, and it bulbs out like that so you can hold more, more liquid, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then comes into a smaller... Uh, at the rim, smaller area at the rim, so that it really directs and concentrates the nose of that uh, beer. It as says well. here that it uh, features the long stem to keep your hand away from the brew, so you're not which helps it. to maintain a cold temperature. The narrow top traps the head, creating a visual and olfactory sensation. An old, olfactory sensation. I like that. Uh, it says to use this with Belgian style and other light-colored ales, although this is not all that light-colored. <laughs> uh, and food pairings, they say grilled and rich meats, strong cheeses, and mild fish. But I think that the it's it's the concentration of yeah. the way that the, they do the top of this glass 
that would really focus you in on that raisiny uh, right. banana flavor. Right, and and, and Belgian ales in general are a very fruity style, a very mm-hmm. fruity, very sweet style of mm-hmm. uh, of ale. Um, some people are turned off by that, but I really like those, and that's that's getting one level closer to me to that porter and and uh, barley wine that I love so mm-hmm. much. You know, I love I love that whole spectrum there: the Belgian, the uh, yeah. porter, the barley wine, the Scotch ale is another friend, uh, another uh, favorite of mine. I was reading, by the way, that our friends uh, up the street at St. Arnold Brewery here in Houston, which is where we do the show. Um, are really receiving major kudos for the uh, specialty beers that they're doing that are really beginning to blur the line between beer and wine. Right, and right. and there a lot of people are really you know kind of singing their praises for being trailblazers in this particular uh, particular area. So we should uh, we should probably I know the Bishop's Barrel is uh, kind of the latest uh, incarnation of that. Well, what we number should, Bishop's Barrel are they on by uh, now? They're on like sixteen something or something. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I've but tasted we should, many uh, of them. I have I have friends that actually probably have memorized what everyone was. I can't remember any of them. I just remember good or bad. Well, we will have to go and. And uh, invite Brock or Lenny to come on the show and and uh, chat with us about their uh, their various and sundry beers because that's I mean Saint Arnold that's a legendary yeah. brewery. oldest craft brewery in Texas yep, yep. and uh, and a really legendary place and plus it's a really fun place to visit and do their uh, brewery tour too. absolutely absolutely it re- really is so so the uh, the the glass the Belgian ale glass is one that we uh, just mentioned the other two glasses in our um, in our little glass portfolio here and I'm going to take single pictures of each of these and put them up on the Facebook page so you can know what each one of them uh, looks like if you're interested in getting a particular kind of glass. Um, But next we want to talk about the wheat beer glass. And this is the one that looks like a um, almost a Bellini glass. Almost. Yeah, it almost does, uh, and like a really enormous Bellini <laughs> right. glass. Uh, the wheat beer glass features a narrow center and a bulbous top to uh, first prevent the brew from going prematurely flat, and then allow for the thick, yeasty head to grow. Because when you are right. drinking a wheat beer, you actually want more of the head than you might mm-hmm. for uh, uh, other particular varieties of beer. They say use this glass with wheat beers and other light-colored ales. The Hefeweizens uh, are particularly good in this kind of a uh, uh, in this kind of a glass and it makes me think uh, you know again I spent years in Boston this is the glass I think of when I think of a harpoon UFO right yeah right. because that is a, that beer they are so known for uh, their Hefeweizen and you always think of it in this kind of glass mm. so now have you had a live oak uh, Hefeweizen live oak I is out of Austin I don't think I've had a live oak Hefeweizen uh, you know I'm not the biggest Hefeweizen fan I'm not either so yeah darn good well we're gonna have to try that we're gonna have to try that uh lastly is my particular favorite uh sort of uh, beer glass and it is the english uh pub uh pint and it's very much like the regular pint except it's got that little bump uh the little bump around the top uh it's about maybe an inch below the top of the glass and i was reading here that it features this shape that was made famous in the uh, pubs of Great Britain. The slight bulge at the top works as a grip and also makes the glass stackable, an important space-saving feature in a tight-quartered pub. Uh, It also holds a true pint of liquid while allowing room at the top for a crowning head. 
says use it with darker colored lagers and ales. Everything you just said there is chicanery. <coughs> Everything okay. you just said Tell there me. is chicanery. It's for the grip. The it's first the thing you just said is for the grip. Okay. And so it doesn't slip out of your hand when you're good and drunk. And and that's what that's, the British the have always known. Hold on to your beer. <laughs> I mean, that's All that other stuff is justification. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought. Now, let me tell you what I thought. All right. Okay. And apparently this is just, I completely made this up. Probably after having several. Well, let's see if it has if it has some. I uh, thought that it was designed so that when you were pouring, either from the tap or from, let's say, a bottle or a can, into this particular glass, that you actually pour the beer into the little bubble uh, area, and that it creates the proper kind of head on the beer Uh, when it's all done. And I've been doing that for years. Does it work? Well, yes. Okay, that's just as good a justification as all those other reasons that weren't the grip. Uh, well, I don't know if I don't know if it's it's legit or if that's just my own you know wacky thing I made up. But <laughs> it totally works for me. I can tell you that. As long as it works so, for you, drink beer. Have fun. All right. Well, there's your beer glasses coming up. We are going to taste this Artberg whiskey. Ardbeg. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say Ardberg? Ardberg. Ardbeg. Ardbeg. That's coming up, and uh, uh, we have several more very important things to discuss. Plus. The Mumford & Sons IPA coming up. You are listening to The Sip, Smoke, and Savor Show. Uh, Not to be confused with some catering company in California, uh, which doesn't have an and in their name. Uh, We are so glad to have you uh, on the program with us as we do show number 25. Ian, uh, thank you for for bringing in uh, such good beers and and, uh, uh, whiskeys and, and good things today. I do what I can, man. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate it. You don't have to carry this show on your own. While you are open. I well, am my brother's keeper. Well, you know what's great uh, is that, you know, we we really, I think, as far as the show goes, we complement each other nicely because, like, a place where I have less knowledge, for example, like scotch, like, this is a really, like, strong area for you. You really know what's going on. You know different scotches. You know different things to try. And you uh, bring in such amazing scotch. So, uh, so it's a wonderful thing. You know the uh, the Tolvati Distillery uh, is going to be opening up this year, and oh, yeah? it is the first Scotch distillery founded by a woman, and it opens up this year in 2016. Heather Nelson, uh, uh, she claims to be the only Scotch malt whiskey distillery that's been established solely by a woman. There have been women involved in other uh, distilleries. But solely by a woman. This is uh, uh, one that's been built on a disused runway of an old naval airfield, HMS Owl, in Rossshire. Gets the cool Scottish points Highlands. for that. Tolvati Distillery will have an initial capacity to produce 30,000 liters of alcohol a year. Construction has not started yet, but production is expected to begin in 2017, and they're uh, very excited. They will not produce any white spirits ahead of the release of Scotch whiskey. Instead, they're going to offer around 100 one-year-old casks. So uh, it's got to be tough if you're making scotch because so many people think about the age stamp on a scotch. Right. And so these will be and the you first. Can't, if you're opening a scotch distillery, you mm-hmm. can't have a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old or whatever because you're not you that old. You can't even have a one-year-old That's for right. a we while. We had Kilhoman you know? on here uh, right, right. a while back that had the same thing. I think their oldest ones were like about six years old About at six this years, point. yeah. Um, and it makes a very nice distillate, by the way. Um, so I'd be. that's two of them in the last, uh, what, last... 
10 years mm-hmm. opening up. That's pretty yeah, exciting it's a, stuff it's because a pretty what's, cool thing, look yeah. what it's going to be in 20 years. In like 20 this years, is going to create some <laughs> serious competition and everything. Else. I know. I love that, that idea. I love that idea. Now Speaking, tell me about this, about this whiskey, which is in front of you. I have brought the big daddy of scotches. This is one of the PDS okay, uh, and the smokiest scotches that mm-hmm. you can get. It's the Ardbeg 10 year old. This is their, um, I think they call it their, uh, Ultimate range of uh, whiskeys. Ultimate range. So yeah, what would they have a few in there. Alt- they have this one. They have an Oogadale and a couple others. And don't ask me all about that right now because we don't have the time for it. However, however, this one I have had this before. This was this oh. was a gift. This bottle came in a nice uh, gift set from my brother-in-law. Thank it's him. awesome, actually, when you have people who will gift you whiskey at Christmas time. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to, before I even pour this, I just want to pass you the bottle. I want you to just give this a just smell. smell. Yeah. And I know you've been a little bit under the weather recently, but that's going to cut right through everything Whoa. under the weather. Whoa. Yeah. Smoke that's and That's pee. the peatiest thing I have ever smelled. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that that makes the Coloman seem not all that peaty at all. Makes it look like tangerine. Wow. Yeah, no kidding. Wow, that's Look at the color on this intense. as well. This so is, this is an extremely light-colored uh, scotch. It is. Yes. Don't let that fool you. Okay. I'm going to pass one of these on do over not, to Bobby here. Not. So, yeah, that is peaty Oops. stuff, man. I accidentally uh, poured myself a little too much. Yeah, well. By a little too much, I mean not really. but <laughs> You mean just exactly the right amount. So <laughs> I poured yeah. myself what I wanted. I'm going to go ahead and add a little bit of water I to this. I that's you know, a good idea. Yes. I always run into people at a bar. I always run mm-hmm. into people when I order scotch, and they're like, I can't believe you put water in your scotch. And no distillery ever is going to tell you not to put water in their scotch. They're going to tell you it needs to open up. You need to put water in it to get all the flavors out of it. Well, when you and I were at the uh, the event at uh, B&B Butchers, you may remember, we yeah. did the show live. We stayed for the I remember the, the first half of it. it. Yeah. Well, do you remember when we tasted the 30-year? Yes. And they went through this process of tasting it without water. And then tasting it with a little water, and then tasting it with a little more right. water, and remember how that opened up changes and how the it changes the entire yeah. flavor profile. And yeah. my favorite profile was with almost double the amount of water that I would normally put in it, and, and that it was, was a thirty-year-old. Yeah, it was a thirty-year-old. And this yes. is the rep telling us, no, seriously, this is how much water you should put in there. Mm. And and it opened my eyes a lot because I a lot of times have a, a I, I like a cube of ice. In my mm-hmm. whiskey a lot of times. And what I do is I, I drop my cube of ice in there and the tiniest splash of water. And I usually taste it immediately and just see what the flavors are. And then I like to sit there and, you know, and be social and hold it in my hand and smoke a cigar. Sure. And it starts mm-hmm. warming up. And as that ice melts, I'll have a few sips and taste the flavors as they develop with different mm-hmm. Ranges of water in there, and I never realized that I was actually doing that until we had that conversation. Wow, that's very interesting. Now, I have taken the first sip of this, and I am amazed at the number of flavors that rolled across the tongue. This is also one of the most complex scotches that will ever go across your tongue. (laughs) Now, I will say, my favorite scotches generally are the kind that have more of the vanilla notes right, and right. the uh, you know more of the barrel aged type of uh, type of uh, flavors as opposed to this but this is so interesting and so I'm going to rattle off a few things to you that I taste when I taste I'm okay, going to take a sip first it. yep go for it yeah. I get earth I get Big leather mm-hmm. I get smoke I get mm-hmm. peat I get a little bit of vanilla I get raisin I get 
so definitely some malt. I get um, what are some other things going? On? There's so many things like this. What does this taste like? It tastes like everything. Do you think these guys have ever gone with a lot of smoke? Do you think these guys uh, that make this from the distillery where this is crafted? Do you think they have ever gone to the distillery next door, knocked on the door? And asked to borrow a cup of malt. Can I borrow a cup of malt? <laughs> That's an inside <laughs> joke from Ian and I, but I knew it would make him laugh. So, because uh, it's a joke he told That's right. on a show like seven or eight shows ago, <laughs> and like I, I forget, I forget who we had that on the was, show. But uh, they Glenn looked Fittick at Dave. It was Glenn Fittick Dave, <laughs> Glenn and he Fittick. looked at you like you had lost your mind when you asked that question. <laughs> I love that guy. He's so funny. Oh, he, he is recovered awesome. from it pretty well. Yes. We had a good yes. time. But the look on his face was right. brilliant. Well, I just try to say the things you expect me to say. In the <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, could I borrow a cup of malt? Well, this is fantastically complex, is how yes. I would describe it. Uh, this is... Um, it's not a one note at all. No, no. This is uh, this is what I would pair if I'm going to have a cigar that's a very simplistic cigar-like cigar. Mm-hmm. You know, like a real simple sweet Maduro with a more complex whiskey. With a more complex whiskey, will will interesting. And and you you can't have a light cigar with this. You won't no. even taste it. Right. You, you have to have something right in the medium it. to full range. This is not Macanudo time. Right. And if it has some sweetness to it, it'll be like having soda pop after a candy bar. It'll just taste like water. Wow. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so yeah, this uh, the, you have to have a cigar that'll stand up. So like a um, like a Man of War Ruination mm-hmm. or something. Something like that. That's what you have with something like this. That's wow. a great pairing. I've actually done that before. The ruination goes really well with this. With this particular, yeah. And I have yeah. one ruination left in my uh, humidor that <laughs> I'm going to have. With I this. have to say that I find I often don't enjoy uh, the uh, Man of War ruination because it's so intense. Like, but I think maybe pairing it with something like this would give you some subtlety. Right. Yeah. You you, know? you actually pull out some flavors out of the cigar because of this particular mm-hmm. uh, distillate, because it's so strong and so intense and it's so complex. Wow. Um, and I, you know, for me, I like that the, the Man of War, for those of you who don't know, Man of War makes incredibly full-flavored cigars. Like, full they don't make anything is, that's less than full-flavored right. that I even know of. Exactly. Um, and the Ruination is one of their kind of over-the-top, like, this is as full-flavored cigars you can get. It's like the... The turbo of cigars, so mm-hmm. yeah, and um, and it's a great cigar, but it's it's one that I have to have when I'm in the mood for it and with the right drink, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's it, and and it'll bury almost every beer that you try to drink with it. You right. have to have like I've almost always found it's got to be a really good whiskey or a really good scotch, something or it's really going to get buried. Up yeah. To it. yeah, absolutely, and absolutely. it's got to be bold. Well, this is very good. Like I, th- again, uh, it's not necessarily the kind of flavor profile i would choose first uh because i generally am looking for more of those you know age barrel aged uh right uh, you want more of of the oaky flavors and the fruity flavors Uh definitely Uh, but but i really enjoy it and it's just got a it's it's got a real kick to it as as well yeah it feels like it's a little hotter than some the heat is real even though it starts right at the beginning of the Mm -hmm. sip and stays right to the end of the sip it doesn't build it doesn't do anything it's just there the whole time now i will say you just put a little more water in the glass and i can taste a change in the flavor profile yes it's and really interesting. I actually made a mistake. I was going to taste this uh, Moody Tongue while it was warm, mm-hmm. and now that I've had this Ardbeg, I mm-hmm. actually can almost not taste the Moody mm-hmm. Tongue that I just mm-hmm. took a sip of. 
Well, the uh, I can tell you that the moody tongue, as it warms up, because I had some during the break, I can tell you that as it warms up, the tangerine becomes more pronounced. Much more prevalent. Right, because the, the moody tongue is a sliced, uh, I'm sorry, I said tangerine. Nectarine. It's a sliced nectarine IPA, and it's really quite good. Um and very complex and very mysterious, I guess is a good way to to put it because it, it's it's a uh, it's something that you have to like spend a little time with and think about, uh, much like the uh, the whiskey. But so you've got really one more good. thing you want to talk about, and then we had that uh, <laughs> the uh, Mumford and Sons IPA. Yes, the Mumford and Sons IPA, which we've been talking about. But I wanted to mention that on next week's show we are going to be doing a uh, a bargain basement lovers show. Next week, we're going to be doing five cigars from each of us that are our go-to cigars under six bucks. I'm all over that. So that's going to be so much fun. So if you're a bargain hunter or if you're somebody who wants to be able to smoke more often, uh, but you don't want to you know, be lighting up the $11 sticks, this will be the show for you. Ian and I will come prepared, and we will be ready to rock your world. Uh, it's been a great show, Ian. Thank you for uh, for doing this. This has been, uh, been a blast. Can't wait to see you next week. We are out of time. We will not be able to taste the uh, Mumford & Sons IPA. We'll have to get to that next week. Have a great week, my friends, and uh, cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.